0: Welcome to the latest episode of All Car Radio, the UK's funniest car leasing-based podcast. To ourselves. <laughs> In today's episode, we are covering a topic that I wrote a blog on, I think a couple of weeks ago. Um, I wrote the blog because I was watching some TV programme, an American one, and I noticed that you know the cars are completely different, naturally, yeah. but there was just such a lack of European cars. I did a little bit of research, and I thought, you know, I'm not the only one who's wondering why European cars aren't that prominent in the United States, but I didn't really know why. I had a couple of guesses, which I have actually written in the blog. But I wanted to do some proper research, get it written down, to help answer the question for other people who may be searching for it, or, or, or you know, just a little bit of... so it's pass the time while they read it. And obviously, I've, I've got Chris with me today. Hello. Right. <laughs> and in the background, you can hear typing furiously, is Producer Ross, who's so keeping an eye on us, making sure that we don't step out of line. So, to start, I'm just going to, you know, read a little bit of the blog. Uh, so, if you've, if you've already read the blog, this podcast is more or less just a repeat of that, um, pretty much. But uh, we are going to try and expand it a little bit more. And obviously, I've got Chris on board for the podcast, so I'm hoping to get some of his opinions uh, across as well. Uh, but anyway, Americans and Europeans love their cars, and combined... Are two of the biggest purchasers of cars in the world. However, European cars are prominent over there and vice versa. But why is that? Why wouldn't the United States want to drive some of the quality cars that Europe produces time and time again and win the World Car of the Year almost every single time? Um, I had a uh, quick research of this. America has a similar award called Automobile of the Year. But if you do look at the World Car of the Year, it's never won by an American car. Mm. Uh, well, There's multiple answers to why European cars just aren't prominent. And together, if you add all the reasons up, it becomes pretty obvious why they don't sell well. Um, And just before I begin into the podcast properly, it's worth noting that we posted this blog on our Facebook and we got some really good feedback to the point where I updated the blog post since then. So a lot of people's comments were um, that whenever they did go on holidays with America, they, they did see a lot of European cars. Uh, and I'll go into in a bit more detail later, but what's obvious is, you know, European cars do actually sell over there, but they don't sell very well, and their market share is quite small in comparison to what it is naturally mm. over here, and even outside of Europe, but not in America, European cars do quite well. lot like of the other feedback was sort of around the Americans having a preference for like
1: bigger but lazier engines mm. and things like that, and like larger cars in general, mm-hmm. Um but European cars that end up in America, obviously, tends to be the more expensive, like, you know, Audi, BMW, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. It's never, like, a Golf or a, you know, a Citroen, whatever.
0: Well, interestingly, I bet the people that see the uh, European cars over in America, it's never, like, a Fiesta or an A1 or something like that. It's typically A6 and above, yeah, 5 Series and above, the the SUVs, the X5s and above and all the rest like of it. the top-tier it, ones, really. Which, you know, without spoiling what the blog is later on too much, that is one of the reasons why uh, they don't have that much of a market share but anyway, let's go uh, on to the points that I've raised in the blog so, uh, tariffs and transport costs are first so, first and foremost um, to their credit I, I believe, Americans and the American way, especially the current President Trump, they put Americans in front of everyone else So they want to keep American jobs safe. They want to keep American economy strong. And bringing in cars elsewhere can harm almost the American way. And I'm talking like um, the the production plants that they've got over there for the American manufacturers. If imports weren't penalised with tariffs and all the rest of it, it means that they've almost got a level playing field with American brands. And that can harm you know, American
1: businesses. Otherwise, there'd be tons more outsourcing. Whereas at the moment, they've got it in a place where
0: it is designed in America, built in America, driven in America. To be honest with you, I think that is, you know, they're ultra-capitalist in America. So Mm -hmm. the UK is a capitalist country, but not to the extent of theirs. And imposing tariff costs on imports is one way where they, uh, you know, impose... Sort of
1: this idea of capitalism, isn't it, I suppose?
0: Yeah. So, what I've written in the blog post is, European car makers do not have any manufacturing plants in America. Well, that's not quite true, but we'll get to it. During our research, we were only able to find three, or four rather. Uh, There's a Volkswagen plant in Chattanooga, a BMW plant in South Carolina, a Daimler AG plant in both Alabama and South Carolina, and that is it. So, I may be wrong on this, but it was only Wikipedia, I believe. So I am relying on obviously and a couple of Google searches, but even if the article was incorrect, you know it, it was probably only incorrect by a couple. If you think about how many European chemical plants are in Spain, there's probably more in Spain than there is in America and shared ones
1: as well, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, even Brit- Britain has more uh, plants of non-British manufacturers than America do. Obviously, Britain was in the EU for a lot when a lot of these plants came into. Place, but it goes to say, if you make the car in the country, or rather a trading block, then the, the you know the tariffs are not there. So there's no extra cost to move a car from Germany to France because of the EU. Yeah, no, um, nothing but moving, like tariff based anyway. But so, uh, yeah. making a car in Europe and transporting to America has tariff costs, and making a plant in America is more costly than making in the EU. Because you've got to hire American staff and all the rest of it. You can't just hire European engineers, move them to America because, well, wages and tax laws and all the rest of it. Um, but considering the lack of onshore plants, European car makers will need to export their vehicles to be sold and pay 2.5% at the time of writing tariff just to get the cars there in the first place. If you're talking about a 50 grand car, 2.5% is significant. So if you look at whatever their profit margins is, they're like 2.5 straight away, without even doing anything. Um, Add that on top of the actual transport cost. America's a long way away from Europe. You can only transport a certain amount of cars on a single transport ship. Then, once you get to shore, you've got to transport them to somewhere else. And if you think about the size of America, Mm. say that it lands in, uh, I don't know, the East Coast. Um, How's that going to get to the East Uh, Coast? West Coast, or the you know the opposite coast. Yeah, do you go all the way around then? Because, you know, there's a lot of people in New York, for example, would be interested in British ca- uh, European cars, but so would people in California. And you know, then on two complete opposite sides of the country, let alone talking about right in the in the middle of America as well. So, getting the cars to there isn't easy and yeah, then, there's a lot of costs doesn't feel worth
1: it in a way does it? We well
0: exactly the... one of one of the main points so that's that's um, exactly in, in tariffs and transport is you know the profit margin is being eroded and we've only got to the first point in the first place um, the increased increased cost involved with physically getting the car over there means that selling smaller cars and we touched on this earlier like the A1 hmm. uh, I don't know and all the rest of it is simply not worth it in the US let alone talking about the fact that Americans don't like hatchbacks we'll talk about that in a bit more later european companies would just transport the larger and more luxurious models models to ensure the profit is worth it as they would need to increase the prices making them less competitive than they could be and american manufacturers do not have this burden and do not need to pay the tariff so they can easily undercut the european competitors with ease worst of all these tariffs could get harsher in the future and in fact if you do a google search on it donald trump is looking and don't quote me on this to increase the tariff from 2.5 to 25% and wow. um, obviously America is a capitalist country, and Trump is a capitalist um, president who uh, wants to win the american vote and if you If you work in a plant uh, or something like that you're this is one of those points where yeah i'm going to vote yeah. for, for that like to look after your own job yeah um, so what would you make of this point then about the tariffs and the transport costs?
1: Well, all my thoughts around like, the lack of small cars over in America i mean <clears throat> Obviously, there's a cost in bringing cars over there, but to be a motorist in America, I actually reckon it might be a little bit cheaper than over here in the UK. Obviously, fuel prices are a lot lower in America, but the quality of fuel is less, yeah. or lesser than what we have. But for people that just care about getting from A to B, no one cares about that sort of thing. Now, I reckon a lot of people over here rather pay like, cheap fuel just to get to work and back. Yeah. Um, car insurance, obviously, works slightly different over in America, but there'll be a big sort of culture behind the whole car insurance thing. Obviously, Americans are big on modifying their own cars. And uh, I think the laws over there on that are a little bit more loose or relaxed compared to what we have over in Europe. But another point is that Americans just like American things. Like They're not sort of when it comes to patriotism. And I love for all things American. This also extends to the products they buy. So according to (coughs) Monroe Engineering, 45% of Americans believe that made-in-America products are of superior quality only 14% believe they were inferior. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that view, but at the end of the day, you know, they're all driving, driving cars made by their fellow Americans. They feel they can trust them because of it. A typical America will not be aware of stringent and beneficial European manufacturing standards, but will be well, well aware of the American way of making cars. Plus, the US has a rich history of creating incredible cars, so why would they doubt their prowess now? Uh, but this perceived bias makes the task of a European, uh, a European car brand even tougher, and in a lot of cases, a hopeless task.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> in the comments that on uh, the Facebook post we did, um, America, well, I mean, it did descend into some, it's not racism, but, you know, uh, xenophobic mm. uh, comments, but Americans do like the American way, American things, and... That they love their well. The majority love their country, yeah. and their you know their friends, the people that make the cars, are American. Like like you just said, they know who they are. They know the people that work in the plants, um, which is not quite the same as Britain, for, for example. Like, <clears throat> and we've covered um, German cars in particular in one of our blog posts, but British cars, most of the cars on the road, are not made in Britain. No. Uh um, well, there may be manufacturing in Britain, though. Like Nissan's
1: things like that. Vauxhall, obviously, made in Britain. but Yeah, I mean, Bentley's out,
0: but you don't see many of them on the road. Mm. But the point I'm trying to make is there's a lot of almost derogatory comments when it comes to British-made cars. For example, Vauxhall has a bit of a 50-50 reputation, and that is made in Britain. Mm. Um, Rover and MG, you know, the British public didn't buy their cars enough. Presumably because they prefer brands from other countries. Yeah, but Japanese you're... cars, for example, are, are growing, and people see them as reliable. They're, well, they're proven to be reliable. Um, I think countries like the UK <clears throat> and
1: Germany, specifically in Europe, are the sort of the two big countries that are, are huge on cars. Like they have more of a passion for cars than say other countries, or certainly their sort of fan base is there. Mm. So maybe we're a little bit more judgmental about the quality of a car. Uh, Compared to other countries, Mm. maybe it's more of an emotional pleasure for us, rather than a tool to get from one place to another, like it is in a different country. You know, despite most... We change our cars quite frequently. Not just us specifically, but like, ownership of a car in the UK in general, generally speaking.
0: Despite most American products, especially electronics, not being made in America, a typical American, I would assume... Would prefer it if it was American. Mm. They would probably buy more if it was American because they just they just like it. And to be honest with you, I would like to see the UK support its own manufacturing a bit a bit more like them. But anyway, I'm digressing. That's one of the reasons why European cars struggle because Americans would prefer to fund their own economy and buy something that is made by them. Anyway, moving on from from that point. Uh, regulations play a big part in the obstacles that European manufacturers face. To sell in America, European manufacturers would need to make changes to the vehicles so that they adhere to the US's differing car regulations, which drive the cost up and profits down even more. This also worked both ways, though, with American brands having to stick with EU regulations pre-Brexit and EU- UK regulations post-Brexit. Mm. So, for example... Um, the engines we'll, we'll talk about later, but a car coming out of a factory in Germany won't pass US regulations. They would have to make changes, which means that they have to dedicate a separate part of the manufacturing plant to make cars for that market. Mm. Um, and again, that costs more money. Obviously, the, those assembly plants that I mentioned are in America. They are set up for American regulations. But there's not many of them. So regulations, I'm not saying is the only reason or a prominent reason, but it is a, another reason why profits for an European car brand gets eroded even more. But at All Car Leasing, we don't claim to know the ins and outs of US transport regulations. And fair enough. Why would we? We're a new K leasing company. But if, you can, if you're curious to find out a little bit more, we have put a link to the US Transport Department's website, and you can read up on their regulations. Why would anyone want to do that, really? It's... It's a mystery, but it, it's there if you want it.
1: I just want to touch on a point we mentioned earlier about American cars, obviously they're bigger, and uh, you know, compared to in Europe, we, we sort of love our hatchbacks. It's the complete opposite over in America, and it's not something that works effectively both ways either. So, although American, sorry, although European manufacturers do make large vehicles, they're not the biggest selling models in most cases, and uh, they're quite costly yep. in t- time to build. Whereas American tried and tested cars, a bigger standard sort of to help American citizens keep up with the Joneses, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest points that was raised on the Facebook post. Is um, And I do mention why cars are turned to be bigger in America a bit more later. But if you think now, the Audi Q5 and above is not Audi's biggest selling UK car. Mm. Um, so it's not going to be a bigger seller. Not because it's... It's because as as a car gets more expensive, it sells less. Yeah. Um, and that's why there are more Q5s and Q7s, more Q7s and Q8s. Whereas the A1 to A3 is probably their biggest selling model, Was A4, I think. But still, uh, an A4 is still relatively small in America as it's the 3 Series and the C-Class. And yet, uh, because Americans either want a big car because they need it or want a big car because everyone else has them, European car brands specialize in hatchbacks, more or less. Yeah. Um, but once again, we
1: do change our cars quite frequently, whereas, I don't know if this is almost a stereotype, but a lot of the cars you'll come across maybe in America are sort of seven years old. I think, actually, when you go to a dealership in America, they will even offer you up to seven years finance, which is sort of unheard of in the UK.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you can get a five-year lease. Yeah. That's not on everyone. Um, but related to the point we just said there about Americans kind of being bigger than used to it, Americans also love muscle in Mm. their cars. Most people vaguely familiar with the world of driving in the US and Europe know that American cars have big, too big, if you ask me, uh, engines with huge torque and power behind them, way too much power than they need. I think even the Americans know that. Um, And European cars do not. And a lot of it does come down to what we're used to, but also, um, which is touched on quite a bit later, its economy. Um, But... A car such as the Focus RS in the UK is regarded as a fast and powerful car. But in America, it's, it's probably either standard or slow and mm-hmm. sluggish. It's a two-litre engine, which two litres are quite big in, America, uh, in, in Europe. In general, I mean, you can, you can get five litres over here. I'm, I'm, but, yeah. I'm just saying two-litre petrol. It's like, oh, yo, that's, a, that's a fast car. That's yeah. be... Fast by our standards, but not maybe to American standards. Exactly. <clears throat> Adapting to European engines would be a major task and potentially a lesser enjoyable experience for an American, as Europe's engines would feel like hard work to drive when compared to the lazy nature of having an American V8, being able to pull away with ease, and take on any hill without breaking a sweat. And I think this is a key point here. If you're used to an American car, and suddenly you think, oh, I, I, I might buy a, a European brand, well, start getting used to like higher revs, a manual potentially a manual yeah. gearbox. Point. Um and just like it it just won't pull away quickly. And to an American that's like this it's not enjoyable. To be fair, I'd probably agree with them. If I was used to driving a five litre Grand Cherokee or something like that, and it's like if I press the accelerator, it just goes. Mm. And then all of a sudden I've swapped to a Q five with a two litre petrol engine, which still is fast, but not that not as well, it's the torque, for example. Like, they, their cars are like five litres with like 300 to 500 horsepower. The, you can get an RS Q5, RX Q7, whatever, you know, an, an X5M with 400, 500 horsepower, but from a smaller engine, um, with, but with lesser torque and less acceleration and all the rest of it. Despite that, European engines, though, are in fact much more complex and a bigger feat of engineering than American engines. But this does go back to an average American's desire to have an all-American big car, but not necessarily the best. So I would say um, an American car has muscle, and, and the fact that it has muscle is what makes it American, yeah. you could argue.
1: And the whole concept of lightness isn't like a, an enjoyable, desirable thing, really, over, for, over in America for their cars. Like, like Mazda, for example, of their design takes into account, like, efficiency with weight. Same with Lotus. Aerodynamic. Yeah. Same with Lotus, though, as well. Like, you'll still see big American G8s overtake the likes of something like a Lotus when you are shopping for that sort of car, a car. Um, Or if they wanted a lighter car, they'd just do it themselves and build their own, because it's a big part of the culture. Another point we mentioned earlier on was about fuel, account, well, fuel in general.
0: Big, big. been cheaper. big point This perhaps we should have put it first. Yeah.
1: Anything. So fuel is much cheaper in America, certainly compared to Europe, and uh, fuel economy standards are miles behind some of the other countries around the globe, because American manufacturers aren't forced to make vehicles economical.
0: Well, as economical. uh,
1: Yeah, not as economical. There's a big divide, though, and uh, they don't put as much research and development behind it, or not compared to the EU, once again. European engines, being much more complex and economical, sort of falls on deaf ears in the United States, as many would not bother i not even bother to realise the cost of savings because fuel is so cheap to begin with. So why bother? There's no need created to shop for an economical car. Um, or not to the degree, anyway. So <clears throat> this isn't to say that standards aren't going to get better in the future, but for now, North Americans just don't want to lose out on
0: the power and muscle to save a few dollars. Or rather, the manufacturers aren't making cars um, with less power and more economy. So for example, the people buying cars are almost it what cars they buy are decided by what the manufacturers have made. That if the manufacturers made more economical cars and every American manufacturer did that, they would be forced to be more economical. Yeah. But if the Americans say, like, oh, here's the new Grand Cherokee, a little a more same power as last time, slightly more economical, they're just gonna buy it. Yeah. I mean they obviously we are going through the point here of the standard, a generic the Average American, Tesla is an American company which is ultra economical. Electric cars. The, you know there is a movement in America towards climate change, but I don't think it's any secret that our Americans' attitude towards climate change and therefore fuel economy is nowhere near what it is. In the rest of the world. the rest of the yeah. world. For example, Trump has made America walk out of some of the summits that discuss climate change. He doesn't want to do it. He'll say, we, you know, we do care about the environment, but we'll do it our way. And it's the same with the American cars. You know, we are going to make our cars more economical, but we are going to do it at our own pace. Um But again, that harks back to, like, because an American attitude towards climate change and the, and the fuel economy in general isn't as immediate as ours. Not
1: as important to... Them. The American way of life is yeah. It?
0: When they're shopping around for a car and they're looking, they're comparing like a Mercedes, much more economical Mercedes, with uh Chevrolet or um Chrysler. the economy doesn't factor into their selling decision, yeah. So, uh, a, a, you know, dealerships trying to sell these uh, European cars like oh, it's more economical. Well, I'm not bothered. Oh, how much power has it got? Oh, it's got three 300 horsepower. That's what they want to hear. Yeah. What's the 0 to 62? That's what they want to hear.
1: Obviously, I can't remember we to some Americans, but. It sounds like fuel is so much cheaper over there. Dramatically
0: cheaper. We
1: well, Whereas we'd normally choose a diesel in the UK to do, you know, your average like, 10,000 plus miles a year, Americans would just pay as much maybe per mile as we use for diesel. Yeah. In terms of efficiency, i like bang for buck. Tesla, a bit of a weird place, in my opinion, and that they sort of threaten the American motorist lifestyle of being full electric, you know, taking away
0: from that whole big power V8 type thing. Um, However, to balance that, hmm. a Tesla... Is extremely fast. Yeah. It's got instant torque. It and it's all made in America. It can compete with the power of the massive, you know, the Cherokee Trackhawk, for example. It's got a faster to 62. It's got more pull. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what wins them over. Whereas in the Europe, we've got stuff like the Nissan Leaf with practically no power. Um, anyway, so what I've done is um, I've got this chart here but uh, to highlight. Where the uh, American fuel economy standards stack up against Europeans, South Koreans, Japan, Chinese, India, and the only ones they seem to be beating right now is Saudi Arabia, a country not shy of spending money uh, and throwing money almost. So, and you know, the gap between American fuel standards and Japanese and uh, Europeans, and Japanese in particular, is miles away. Um, so, that should explain a little bit about where the average American customer's mindset is coming from and why European manufacturers could struggle to tempt them in. Next point, we've got here, is the limited support that uh, an American could get if they bought an European car in America, obviously. Naturally, as European manufacturers do not have a thriving market for the vehicles, uh, in America, then they aren't as inclined to build dealerships and service centres around the country. This limits the customer support they're able to provide. For those with used European vehicles, then spare parts can become expensive and scarce, which can put off potential American buyers and cripples the used European car market quite a bit. Uh, this can create a level of anxiety which put, could put potential buyers off and draws them back to the trusted American dealers who with dealerships left, right and centre. To be honest with you, that's one of the reasons why European cars and all the rest of it do quite well over here and why American brands don't do well in the UK. If you need a service for a Citroen, you won't have to travel very far. Mm. Same with Ford, BMW, Mercedes, all the rest of it. If you're an American and you've got a Mercedes and you need, you know, there will be dealerships, they will exist. But what I'm saying is they may not be around the corner that they would, whereas if they were to buy a Chrysler, Dodge, Whatever, the service will be much easier and potentially cheaper. Goes both ways though, as well. Like if you bought Chevrolet a few years ago in the UK, well, yeah, look now. Chevrolet yeah.
1: Chevrolet's no longer really have a, a the presence in the UK. No, they they pulled out,
0: but they they technically have uh, a because I think is it Chrysler that own a stake in PSA? I think so. Um, uh, but still, they don't sell Chryslers. They have a stake via an actual European brand, Fiat Chrysler. Anyway, Chris, so.
1: The percentage of roads are in bad shape in America has increased consistently for more than a decade, as a report by the USA streets blog highlighted. Um, European roads aren't perfect either, but they're much better with many being ranked as good, according to the EC's own study. With this in mind, European car makers build cars to deal with Europe's roads and not America's, which means a stark change for Americans driving imports. European cars uh, are just not built for the wide-ranging types of road services throughout the United States, especially in areas like Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and the northern states like Montana, Minnesota, Alaska, and Wisconsin.
0: Right, that's pretty much all the points that we've got to try and obviously have a debate, have a discussion about European uh, cars that may struggle uh, or may not grip the, the market share like they would in Europe and elsewhere. Um, obviously, we, we we're not scholars and all the rest of it. This isn't fact. This is pretty much just an opinion. We've curated quite a lot of research, you know, ourselves, Google searches and the like, and we've just pulled... We've just thought of the question, why would they struggle? And we've just tried to have a go. Well, these could be potential ones. Uh, I mean, there there may be some areas of America where European cows do quite well. There may be some places where they do quite badly. But what we have found was some people believe that they see a lot, and that is true. So, the update I did to the blog post after it was initially posted was some of the sales figures. Um, so, again, thanks to some of the feedback on our Facebook group, we've noticed many saying they do see a lot of European cars in America, and we never debated this. We never said that European cars didn't sell. We just didn't think that they sold as well and, str- and just could not beat their American competition. Um, our argument was they didn't sell well over there. We've now found some research which shows this. So, you'll have to go to the blog post to find this, but it's a chart showing that Audi sales are growing in terms of numbers of cars are selling, but the market share is actually shrinking um, pretty much month, well, year by year. So, obviously, the amount of cars uh, that sold in America grew following the crash in 2008. Um, so, more and more people were finally getting more confident with making big purchases such as cars. Um but the market share went down. We suggest that if if I pulled in sales figures of American brands, they would also be going up, but the market share would also either be stable or going up. So obviously, more people are buying cars following the 2008 crash, but they are not as likely to be European brands as they would be American. Uh, I've also got a second chart to just make sure that, you know, is it just Audi? And I said, no, no, it's also BMW. BMW's story is exactly the same. Uh, The the number of vehicles they're selling is going up from 2008. No, no, it will actually. BMWs are going down. Light trucks are going up. The brand, as a BMW brand, is growing very small, and the mini brand is, is decreasing. But it's the same story with BMW market share. They're selling more because more people are in good jobs. The economy is quite strong. But they're more likely to buy an American brand than an European brand.
1: More affordable.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, and then our opinion, all the reasons that we've listed is why that is. So we, we hope that, you know, we've given it a good go of having a bit of a debate on this. Obviously, it's just me and Chris's opinions, not facts and all the rest of it. Obviously, we've lived in the UK all of our lives. Um, so we really wouldn't know the inside insides and outs of the American cab. But we feel like it's more likely that our uh, reasons are probably true than they are. I mean, the tariffs are true. Um, The increased tariffs that potentially could come in the future is true. Uh, The American car industry in general prefers power and size. Their economical standards are not as high as ours, nor is demand. Fuel is cheaper, so people are less likely to penny pinch when it comes to saving a few miles per gallon.
1: Which feeds into the previous point about fuel
0: Yeah, uh, and Americans are more patriotic than most other countries Mm -hmm. and they do value American brands over the rest these are pretty much more or less facts so it's an educated guess but yeah this is we feel why European car brands sell less in America than they potentially could Um, so we hope you've enjoyed it Um, we will probably post this again in Facebook just to say look we've also done a post podcast according according to this We'd like people to have a second look at the updated blog post. Please let us know. But also there is a comment section at the bottom of uh, the blog post. We'd love to know your thoughts. And to be honest, we'd love to. If someone is able to prove us wrong, we we would absolutely love it. I am more than happy to revisit this blog post and even maybe the podcast itself to retract any of the statements we've made. So again, thanks for listening. Uh, I've been your host today, Ronnie. And we've had Chris, who isn't just going just yet. It's now time. For him to let you know about the latest uh, car leasing deals we think you should look at thank you very much and we look forward to having you on the next episode
1: cheers ronnie so we're obviously way into march now which is one of the busiest times in most trade. so the deals are coming out of the woodwork so some of the best ones we've got at the moment is a bmw 4 series grand coupe it's a 420i model um, i uh, suspect the new 4 series will be on its way soon because it's going so cheap So that now starts from £258 a month. That's with a nine plus initial payment. And then there's the A-Class Saloon. This is one of our uh, special deals. So we've got three cars left. I think they're all in either black or silver. And that's an A180D AMG Line Executive Auto. So once again, the A-Class Saloon, that starts from £266.16 a month. And we also have, uh, if you're just looking for a little community car, we've got some Suzuki Swifts, one litre SZTs. And that's a five-door variant. But yeah, other than that, those are some of the best deals we've got this week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you in the next one.